Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The federal government is relying on an outdated weather model that's putting hundreds of billions of dollars in infrastructure spending at risk. That's according to a study released on Monday by First Street Foundation, a climate research firm. The implications of this study are massive. New projects could face flooding threats far earlier than expected, forcing local governments to pay for unanticipated maintenance or potentially wasting the $350 billion set aside for projects in the bipartisan infrastructure law. So today, Politico Zach Coleman on how a federal weather model could put billions at risk. It's Tuesday, June 27th. First Street Foundation is a climate risk modeling firm, and they have done a peer-reviewed study that takes a look at precipitation data. And what they were really doing was analyzing a federal model for that precipitation data. And what they found is the federal model that pretty much every agency uses is outdated and does not account for climate change. And it's missing a lot of these really high-frequency, short-burst, extreme rainfall events that are the fingerprint of climate change. So how is that outdated model used by the federal government right now? And are there actually projects being built to the wrong standard as we speak? Yeah, so right now, this is where a lot of the federal dollars for the bipartisan infrastructure law and even the IRA are coming out the door with these guidelines from federal agencies. When states and local governments get this money, it says, basically, here's your money, build a project, and you should use... Atlas 14 is what the modeling is called, the federal modeling. You should use that as a guide for how much rainfall you should get or anticipate and how that might affect the flooding and durability of your infrastructure. But the problem with this is, of course, if the model is already outdated, then you might be putting billions of dollars, federal taxpayer dollars, behind projects that are already going to be built to the wrong precipitation standard. What you then will have is more degradation because you haven't anticipated a lot of flooding that is surely to happen and already is happening. And you will then actually put a lot of local tax dollars behind the additional maintenance that comes with that degradation. So you have taxpayers getting hit hit twice, once on the front end from the distribution of the federal dollars and then on the back end from having to maintain those projects for a longer period of time. Wow. And what are some other types of threats from the federal government's continued reliance on this model? Yeah, some of the other threats here are, you know, you have a lot of homes that are flood prone because they face enormous amounts of rainfall that inundate these storm sewer systems that are supposed to take all this flood water that comes from heavy rainstorms out of the system, but they're built to old standards. They can't absorb all this water. So now you have homes that get flooded much more easily than otherwise anticipated. And those homes don't show up in the federal flood maps that, you know, the 100-year floodplain, you hear about that term. This is just a probability estimate that there's a 1% chance every year that your home will get flooded. Well, a lot of those homes aren't even in that 100-year floodplain because the federal model doesn't account for these high precipitation events. And if you aren't in that 100-year floodplain, then the government has not communicated with you that you have flood risks, so therefore you might not buy flood insurance, 
which means you are uninsured. And if you have flood damage from your home, your homeowner insurance isn't going to cover that. You are probably going to pay out of pocket for damage that you never would have anticipated otherwise. So this has major costs for the average taxpayer as well, even if they're not near one of these infrastructure projects that are coming out the door. Got it. And the federal government under the Biden administration is working on an updated model. You write that they've acknowledged that there's a problem here. So when is that new model expected and how will it be different? Yeah, the thing is, right, the federal government has known this current model does not account for climate change. They have been honest about that, yet it's taking quite a bit of time to get this new model ready. And it won't be finalized until 2027. The fact of the matter, though, is this federal money for new infrastructure projects is coming out now. The federal government, as well as a lot of engineers that I talked to, advise that there are ways to use the federal data as a floor, not a ceiling for climate preparedness. A lot of governments are using their own local data to update their understandings of how much rainfall they are now getting as a result of climate change. Some governments are using climate scientists on their engineering and design teams. The American Society of Civil Engineers you know, advise that you stress test designs if you cannot afford to add climate scientists to your teams for these infrastructure projects. So there's a lot of ways to prepare yourself because 2027 is a quite a bit of ways away and we're going to be building stuff with this money now. It has to actually be dispersed you know, within five years uh, and within 10 years based on whether it's the IIJA or the IRA. So these decisions have to be made now. These plans need to be made now and the climate data needs to be accounted for now. Also, the International Sustainability Standards Board, which is backed by the G20, unveiled its final sustainability and climate-related disclosure standards, moving closer to implementing a global baseline for companies to report on how they're being affected by global warming. The standards are set to take effect in January and call for disclosures on greenhouse gas emissions and other metrics, detailing both risks related to climate change and plans to seize on opportunities tied to the green transition. The release comes as similar standards are being weighed in the U.S. and Europe. The standards will now need to be implemented either by countries requiring adherence or companies voluntarily adopting them. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is striving to lead the way in the energy transition. They're working to deploy carbon capture and producing renewable fuels, developing multiple solutions today while forging new paths to the future. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash energy in progress.